Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is a podcast from Minute Media. I cannot believe that I got to do this again, but I got to do this again because Scotty Pippen won't stop talking. This was Scotty Pippen on Sirius XM with Frank Isola trying to sell books. And you know the way it works with us in the media. When Michael Jordan would get sick in a playoff game, we make it seem like he came from his hospital bed yeah. with IV stuck in his arm. It's and, in the have, and, <laughs> and he has these great accomplishments. But for you, that is pretty remarkable what you did again i'm not saying you're doing it for people to give you credit but do you feel that not enough was made of that moment because there you were playing hurt in a deciding game against a great utah jazz here's my breakdown on that i'm gonna ask you this all right is it easier to play (laughs) with a herniated disc or to play with the flu they always say the worst injury to have is a bad back so well I don't. I don't see many uh, bad back games, but I do see <laughs> flu games. Flu. Come on. What is going on? Seriously, sit down with me. Let's have a conversation. You scored eight points on four of seven shooting. Jordan had thirty-eight and hit a huge three that you threw the ball out to him too when he was uh, on fumes. But you knew that he was going to have a better shot hitting a three than you. Maybe that's a little harsh, but this is just nuts. This is apparently, and this was Antoine Walker on my buddy Nick Wright's First Things First show, uh, and Antoine thinks that this all goes back to the last dance. I think if you look at this whole story, um, Mike was never really giving Scotty um, his just due in so many different ways, and, and Scotty's looking for that. And he's at a, he's at a, a breaking point where he, he wants to come out because he was – kind of painted in a bad light in that last dance because everybody was glued to the TVs and with everything, and, and Michael didn't really defend him. So um, Scotty's on the, on the comeback. So I didn't think that Scotty came off bad in the last dance. When Jordan said that Scotty was wrong for not getting surgery in the offseason after championship number two and said, fuck it, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna fuck up my summer. However, he said it. He was wrong. You're wrong. And Jordan carried the load and got Dennis awake and kept him in the mix. It's one of the reasons, by the way, they didn't have home court in the finals. And now Scotty's telling Frank Isola that I wouldn't have been ready for a game seven. You didn't do anything in that series anyway. 
You shot 41% in the series, 23% from three. You had two games on plus-minus that you had an impact on the game, plus 14 in a 42-point win. And I'll give you credit, you were plus 16 in game six. How exactly that happened in your 25 minutes? I mean, maybe that's what you're talking about, about the bad back game. But the bottom line is you, you scored eight points. You had four assists, three rebounds. I mean, credit for being a decoy. But come on, dude. You weren't some huge factor in that series. And by the way, they were lucky to get through Indiana because of your ass. You were 6-for-17, 6-for-18 in Game 6, 6-for-18 in Game 7, for a combined 1-for-10 from 3. I mean, how the hell did they get past the, the, the Pacers that year with the way you were imploding? So you also had a game in, this, in the playoffs where you shot 1-for-9. I mean, come on. You had a 2-for-12 against the Nets. Scotty freaking disappearing Pippen. The second-best player in that series was Coach. Jordan was carrying your dead ass to yet another title. And then you went off to Portland, and you got in a great series with the L.A. Lakers, and you had them down double digits in the fourth quarter. But in the fourth quarter, when it all matters, you weren't good enough to hold them off because it wasn't your game. And by the way, you're still considered top 50, top 25 of all time. Your numbers in that series, by the way, game six, which you guys won, you were one for six. Game seven, all on the line, Western Conference Finals, Scottie Pippen, three for 10, fouled out, minus six, your plus minus when you were on the court. You had a chance to take the Blazers to the finals in game seven. You're up double digits in the fourth quarter. Shaq and Kobe came back. You were old. I get it. You were 34 years old. But what was Mike doing at 34? Oh, yeah, he was winning titles. Carrying your ass. Maybe this is a money thing. That's what I think is going on. He sees Jordan with billions of dollars, and he sees himself with where wherever he is at financially. I really think that if Scotty was swelled in the bank account like Mike, this wouldn't be coming out. I don't think it's as much about the last dance and how he was portrayed. But again, I don't think he was portrayed poorly. You have to own your stuff. Jordan, at least to a drop, owned that he was a tyrant. He had people on the documentary calling him an asshole. They also said he was a great teammate at the same time. But what's not true about that? And now I'm hearing people say, like, well, look at, you know, what Mike did without Scotty. He was 1-9 in the playoffs without Pip. That is such a stupid-ass argument. Jordan in 85 and 86, when he scored 63 in the Garden, was playing with Kyle Macy as his point guard, Gene Banks, Dave Corzine, Only my diehard Bulls fans know who I'm talking about right now. I mean, these were some terrible players. And then in his third year, Jerry Krause trying to put together a team, Jordan led the team, scoring 37 points a game. The second leading scorer on the team was Charles Dam Oakley at 14 and a half. Would you ever give the ball to Charles Oakley to get a bucket? The answer is absolutely never. Who was the third leading scorer on that team? 
John frickin' Paxson, another guy who never created a shot for himself in his entire career. Gene Banks was the fourth leading scorer. Dave Corzine, Earl Curitan, Brad Sellers, Steve Coulter, Granville Waiters, Ben Poquette. Maybe it's the worst roster in NBA history. And people like to say that about about LeBron. Well, when he left, he won 19 games. How many games does that team win? Oakley, Paxson, Banks, Corzine, Curitan. Do they win eight games? I don't think they do. They really don't. Rookie Pete Myers would have come running in. He played five minutes a night and had averaged a, a bucket a game. I mean, get out of here with Jordan's record in the playoffs when he was playing with absolute dreck. And he was also going up against the one of the greatest teams in the history of the NBA in the Boston Celtics and a very, very good Bucks team his rookie year. So the whole thing that Jordan didn't win without Pippen, he needed one player to play with that was remotely that was an all-star caliber player. That's what he needed. And that's what he got in his entire career. Dennis Rodman wasn't an all-star in his days with the Bulls. Neither was Tony Kukoc. Neither was anyone in his entire career other than Pippen. So this whole thing that, like, you know, well, he needed Pippen. He needed an all-star. He needed a stud to play with. Nobody can do it by himself, except Jordan's the only guy that basically... And I don't want to take credit away from the role players because they were very good role players. But Bill Cartwright, John Paxson, these are dime a dozen, man. Dime a dozen. Horace, I'll give you a little more love. But Horace was like an an all-star role player. All-star role player. That's what he was. But these other guys, how did Jerry Krause go out and find Steve Kerr? Give me a break. Somebody who can hit an open jump shot. My God, and that's not taking anything away from Curry. I don't think you would even feel offended by it. But it's this is like this is insane, Scotty. Without that that part of the argument, well, without Scotty, get out of here. He needed one damn All Star, and 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 Pippen. By the way, let's let's remember, Scotty came in the league. You know, Mike came in the league. He averaged twenty eight a game, led the team in every category: assists, rebounds, steals. I mean, he was. Instantly the best player in the game, except people put Bird and Magic there. But the, the the dude was like literally instantly there. What was Scotty when he came into the league? Let let's let's remind everybody. Scotty, his first year, averaged seven point nine points per game, which is fine by the way. He was a bench player. He played twenty one minutes a night, and he finally got the start in game five against the Cleveland Cavaliers at home the year before Jordan hit the shot, and he had a tremendous game five. He had 24 points and helped him get through that series. Mike averaged 7,000 points a game in that series. It was He had 50 in game one going against Ron Harper, and then Harp said he would never score 50 again against him. He scored 55 in game two, and they ended up putting up 44 and this is off the top of my head, so you can double-check my work. I know 50 and 55 is right, but 44 in, in Game 5. So, look, he wasn't providing exactly a ton of help. His second year, he was a 14.4 game scorer. He had six rebounds and three and a half assists. He had to get good, is my point. And how did he get good? Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe it was a guy in the name of uh, that was wearing the 23 jersey that was pushing his ass every single damn day and, and, and opening him up to what his true potential was. And I give him credit. He ran through that door, and I hate going at Pippen. This is annoying. 
It's freaking irritating. You were a phenomenal player. Phenomenal. But don't make it out like you got a raw deal. This is insane. His years at Portland, he averaged 12, 11, 10, and 10. The Bulls gave him a two-year deal at the end of his career for $10 million. He complains about the money. You know, man, this is just this is just sad. Stop talking. But I get it. You got to sell books. And by the way, unguarded, I might buy it. I might buy the book just so I because I because you know I'll probably be entertained by it. But here we are again doing a Pippin pod. I this might be the last one, but I'm not sure. Thanks for listening to Windy. I thought it was a great documentary. I felt like the documentary only told a story that sort of glorified him as a player and not glorified us as a team. You call Michael Jordan selfish in the first chapter. Why is that? I mean, uh, he was a great scorer, but a lot of things that he did uh, was based on uh, him as an individual. And I think basketball is a team game. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. We always will have that respect uh, for each other, but our friendship is not where people see it on TV think it is. Do you think that Michael Jordan would be as successful without you? No. But I don't think I would be successful without him. I think we both complemented each other in a lot of different ways. I felt like that I had earned my right to take that last shot. I felt like he disrespected me. How do you want to be remembered? That's the greatest of all time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.